Welcome to the fourth installment of the Kick and Post podcast with your hosts, Amal Thompson and Otto DeVries. I figured we'd come back to you today with some more free agent signings in the NFL, get to some stuff that happened since we were last on, some stuff that we might have missed from the last episode, and probably just a little close out with what's happening on tonight's UFC 160 main, I mean 260 main card. I went back in time there. But yeah, what's up, Otto? Way back in time. Uh, nothing much, man. I know we missed only a couple, to be honest. And it was an extension, uh, a main extension uh, that was uh, the issue. Um, and we even talked about the backup there, which is yeah. weird. I don't know how we let that Because Andy slip. Dalton is way more important than Dak Prescott. <laughs> I mean, it. I guess it's because he was hurt and... I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a big move for Dallas to bring back the boy, but I just don't understand how we didn't talk about it, especially with the the money, right? I think this contract yeah, four years. Yeah, good. Hundred sixty million. Um, and I think that puts it to rest. I mean, like, and it's weird the time that they paid him mm-hmm. too. Like after that gruesome injury that he had. I mean, you would think that. This is another year that he signs, or they tag him, or they they just do something else and not give him the longer term deal. Um, obviously, there's ins and outs of contracts that like, oh, most of the cap hit is this year, or so we can cut him going into the last two years. I know like Mark Cooper's on a contract like that. Um, but do you think this is this is it for Dallas? They've got their quarterback for as long as Dak is uh, playing? I mean, it all depends on how they perform over the next four years. They did give themselves an out in the contract, right? I mean, in terms of length and how much he's getting paid per year, I think this contract is better than any contract in the NFL right now because it allows him to re-up when the money goes back up as well. Um but it all depends on yeah, he's performance. Not, he's not set like Mahomes. No, he's not set like Mahomes or any of the other guys where the money's going to go up and then their contract's going to look a little less little less maxed out while he could go out and get more money. But it's just like when Romo was QB. You're, you're always the guy until there's another guy in the draft, you know? And um, right. depending mm-hmm. how he performs over the next few years, they gave him everything on offense. Like him coming back depending who they draft in the um, first round, if they decide to go defense, or if they go more for a wealth of which riches and Kyle Pitts falls to them, because for a long time they were tied to Kyle Pitts in the first round, he's going to have everything on offense. The best receiving core, I think, in the league um, in terms of youth and just talent at each level. Gallup, CD, Amari Cooper, I think that's the best trio, especially um, in the NFC. Um, you look at the offensive line, if they start getting healthy again, they're giving him every option to produce how he needs to on that side of the ball. Zeke still has quite a bit of few years, and Tony Pollard just looked great in that backup role or when, whenever yeah. he gets to start. Mm-hmm. So it depends on performance. He needs to get to the playoffs. He needs to win at least one to two playoff games. But for him, it's a solid deal. Even if he doesn't do that and the years run up on that, that contract, I feel like he'll still be coveted because, as you said, his backup got signed for whatever reason to be a starter in Chicago. Other teams still haven't been able to figure it out at the quarterback position. So I think he'll be fine. You know, I think it's a great deal for him. I think it's a great deal for Dallas. And it's just 
now is to see how they perform going forward. Um, I don't think I can add on to anything that you just said. <laughs> I think you kind of just went and took it all. Um, so, uh, also, disclaimer, my roommate is playing music. I hope it doesn't get picked up <laughs> by the recording. I mean, this is Rob, but it would just be... Yeah. Uh, it, it'll it'll just be slight in, in the background, but sorry if you guys can hear that. Um, maybe, moving on to the next. We haven't figured out background uh, music yet, so maybe out. this could this could work out for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're nice with it. Uh, anyway, uh, Damian Williams, uh, one year deal to the Bears. Is this them not believing in David Montgomery? I feel like David Montgomery really came on at the end of last season. Not that like their offense was much to talk about with Trubisky uh, under center. But I feel like he was, like, the one bright spot. Obviously, you have Allen Robinson there. Mm-hmm. But quarterback issues, whatever. I feel like David Montgomery could, could have been the work, workhorse. I mean, Damian Williams took last year off. He's, I think, 27. And, I mean, he's a good signing. He's been to the Super Bowl, veteran. I guess Montgomery could learn from him, maybe. Um, what do you think? I think healthy competition could breed the best out of Montgomery. Um, the only thing I worry about is in those early games where he was supposed to have good matchups on the running side of the ball, you know, teams that were bad at run defense, he didn't actually take advantage of a lot of those matchups. It, it took until, like, the back end of the year, which I don't know what clicked, but a lot of his measurables aren't as eye-popping as Montgomery, um, not Montgomery's, as Damian Williams. I feel like Damian Williams is a little better athlete just in terms of, like, explosive um, talent than Montgomery. But I still think Montgomery's the guy. You know, it's just healthy competition. And if it's not, and then split touches a little bit, from a fantasy perspective, that's bad. But from the Bears' perspective, it's always solid to have two backs that are pretty much quality starting backs, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I, I think uh, I think Damian Williams will propel their offense too. I think uh, having him as a, even a, in a secondary role mm-hmm. would be better than having Cordell Patterson as your backup running back. I mean, don't sleep. I think you forgot about a guy. They don't use him that much in, in the running back role anymore. They usually play him out of slot, but Tariq Cohen's coming back this year. Yeah, what, what he tore something. Yeah, right? he tore his ACL, I think, before last year, but he should be coming back this year. But before that, he was playing, like, almost 75% of his snaps out of the slot. So I think they kind of somewhat converted him to a, to a slot receiver for the most part, you know, kind of like a J.D. McKissick in Washington. Um, Yeah, I mean, that'll be a factor. I guess it, it's a, it's a wait-and-see situation. Mm-hmm. Um. I think Damian Williams is a good addition. It's a nice signing for him. Now we move. Yeah, we move on to. Uh, it's actually a two-part quarterback situation. Taysom Hill received an extension, four years, hundred forty million, very big for a tight end. Um, and then Jameis Winston, one year, five point five million. Who's your starter and why? Okay. Um. So the Taysom contract looks very bloated number-wise, but when you break it down, there's a lot of outs for the Saints. I think it's just yeah. a way to like... I, th- I think three year, three years are avoidable. Well, he has five years on his deal now. Yeah. 
because it was an extension. That was that was just uh, the part. So I, it's either three or four years are voidable. Mm-hmm. So the contract doesn't show like confidence in him said. being a starting quarterback. I think it's just a way to make it work with the cap. There's a lot of you know jargon in the contract that I'm not too familiar with. I just know he's not guaranteed any large lump sum of money, even with it saying four years, $140 million. It is interesting they used that extension on him, though, and then went with a realistic extension for Jameis, a year 5.5. Um, from a talent standpoint, I have not seen enough out of Taysom Hill throwing the ball to make him my franchise quarterback. But at the same time, I have seen a lot of Jameis throwing the ball that worries me about him being my franchise quarterback. Now, there's a lot of talent in Jameis. You will see him do things. You'll be like, all right, that's why he got picked in the top two in his draft. And then you'll see him make other issues. That's why he's one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever. Exactly. And then you'll bounce back to him not making the right reads and throwing to somebody who's completely not open as if he was aiming for the DB and be like, okay, where was your head at? He had a year to sit behind Drew Brees and learn from Sean Payton. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to win the quarterback battle between him and Taysom because the thing that Taysom can do that he can't is Taysom's an all-around athlete. So when things break down, he doesn't make the right reads. He's not going to throw it. He's going to take off, right? So it'll be interesting to see yeah. if he can win the battle because I want to see what him learning from these guys does because you always hear or if a quarterback had the right teacher or the right mentor he could turn it around because the talent's there this should be an example of that so we'll see how it goes if i was supposed to pick right now though um give me Jameis for the ceiling um so i'd actually take the other approach um last year when breeze missed four games uh, they went three and one under Taysom Hill with like you know the sprinkle of Jameis at like mm-hmm. moments, you know. They used Jameis as that flex role almost like to make a deeper pass or whatever. But um, I think Taysom Hill was uh, a great game manager almost, um, and he was able to move the ball with his legs, kind of like almost like a Lamar Jackson type system. Um, I think he's just more dynamic and. It, and Sean Payton can do more with him. And he's less turnover prone. You yeah. Know? We have all seen how many picks Jameis can throw in one season. Um, he's the first 30 for 30 guy, right? Yeah. Big 30 for 30 guy. Huge. It was like 30 TDs, 30 but, interceptions, uh, or something crazy like that. Yep. And uh, I think Taysom Hill will show what he's actually made of as a tight end. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. So you you want to you want to stick with Taysom at the starter, but you still don't consider him yeah, a, a, a quarterback. Not. He's obviously a quarterback. No, I mean like the traditional form Except of a quarterback. On ESPN. Oh, definitely not. I mean, what is traditional nowadays? Right. I mean, I feel like I feel like the the mold is moving towards uh, running quarterbacks anyway, moving around in the pocket, being able to extend uh, the time. So I think he fits the mold better than Jameis. Yeah. Jameis is more of a sit in the pocket, or I'm gonna fumble, or I'm gonna make a bad read. Um, so my pick would definitely be Taysom Hill. You're right. And the voidable contract is beneficial. Mm-hmm. 
I know a lot of teams are like moving around, uh, restructure, trying to restructure contracts. Funny story, uh, Tyreek Hill was like, yeah, I'm not restructuring my contract. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna pay me my money. Which, I mean, it's nice for a player to go back and restructure, but you have to think of it from, like, the team's perspective, too. When players come to you and say, oh, yeah, there's more money on the table, I want to restructure, they're not as willing to work with them. So I get Tyreek's standpoint completely, you know? I'm feeling if I'm on a competitor, yeah. though, you have to look at it a little bit different. But, you know, to each his own. Get your money. You're not in the NFL forever, so... But you're right. Taysom has been in that system longer, so that's also a benefit. He's been working with that playbook way longer than Jameis. Um, and as you said, if ESPN still want to play this man at tight end, shoot, and from a fantasy perspective, give me Taysom all day because I could play him in, like, flex, tight end, and <laughs> quarterback, even though I think they're definitely going to rectify that this year. But all right. I, I respect. Sure, sure. I respect the pick for sure. Yeah, I feel like it's also, like, I feel like people almost expect Jameis. Like, I know it sounds weird, but, like, I wouldn't think of Taysom Hill as ever being a starting quarterback. Then again, I also don't think of Jameis as a starting quarterback anymore. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens throughout the season. We'll definitely touch base on it again. Plus, there's still the draft. Uh, maybe Who knows what one. happens in the draft? You don't know if a quarterback might slip to the Saints in the second round that they like, you know, like a Kyle Trask has been attached to them a lot of times in the mock draft, and he's pretty much like yeah, I mean, that would make an sense. older level Breeze, you know, unless he's like young Younger. old Breeze. His arm strength isn't the most elite, but he gets the ball out quickly and accurately. Um. Yeah, I think I think Trask would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the weapons at Florida, mm-hmm. so I mean, you're giving him Michael Thomas is I pretty was about good. To say you're giving him quite quite the talent too in New Orleans. Taysom Hill's pretty you're good. You're losing, you're losing, unfortunately, Emmanuel Sanders, who was a nice too, but you again, you still have the draft to address that. Um, but yeah, you get Michael yeah. Thomas, Alvin Kamara is pretty much a receiver running back hybrid. Um, that tight end they drafted Troutman supposed to be pretty talented going forward, so there's a lot to work with. Yeah, young guys. For sure. Um I think that touches up the notable names that we missed. Um, so let's jump right into defense. Mm. And I think the biggest name that, that moved was was a buyout situation and it was JJ Watt. Or re- release, not buyout. Same thing. Uh, so JJ signed a two-year, twenty-eight million dollar deal with the Cardinals, uh, pairing him up with Chandler Jones. That is scary, especially as a Niner fan. That is very scary to see. What do you think? I think JJ Watt's a solid player still. Um, he's shown that he still has a he lot can stay in the, the tank. field. Yeah, yeah. When he's not hurt, which he played most of last year, um, without any serious injuries, if I'm correct. Um, always showed out when he was on the field for a team that really wasn't doing the most um, when it came to being in games. It was a lot of falling behind and just hoping Deshaun will bring you back out of it. But at his stage in his career, he's he's not trying to be part of a rebuild or part of 
a growing team. He's a little bit on the back end of the career, the back nine, as you would say. And it's time for him to try to compete. And he sees an offense with a lot of talent and defense that just needs a little bit more juice. So he made the decision to join Arizona. Um, he was being tied to the Bills. I feel like that would have been a nicer um, signing for him in terms of getting to the Super Bowl. Because I feel like that side of the bracket, he would at least get to like the conference championship a little bit easier. Another year of Josh Allen developing. But this is a solid signing. And they, they did go on and sign A.J. Green after that to shore up that third to second wide receiver spot. So it'll be cool to see what Arizona does um, to make a little bit of noise in that division that is still pretty hard to get through. That's the Rams, Niners, um, them, and Seahawks division, right? Yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the, still the toughest division in football. So, Yeah, no doubt. I think the Rams got better. Mm-hmm. The Niners basically running it back. With health, hopefully, um, this time. With health, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, the Seahawks, I don't know if they're getting any better. They're in a sticky situation with Russ right now. Uh, only time will tell if he gets traded. Probably, if he gets traded, it will definitely be closer to draft night. So we will see what happens there. Even if it's not get better, they're going to get assets to, to bring themselves right back into it if they trade Russ. Um, it's not going to be like N- the NBA deals we've been seeing where it's like, what what did y'all get? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was the Bears that offered like that massive, massive it deal. It included Khalil. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, so I just saw the picks. Yeah, it included the starters were like Khalil, um, another defender, and I don't remember the offensive player, but it included Mac, which I don't get that from Chicago. I figured you'd want to keep Mac, and then get Russ so that you have two superstars on both sides of the ball. But they're like, no, you could have Khalil. Just give us Russ. And I was just confused as to one, what that offer was, because that was so much for us. And two, how did Seahawks decide? You know what? Even though you gave us literally everything, no. I mean. I think if you give, so I think this is like the, I don't know what the phrase is, but like the give and take per se, like, yeah, I'm going to give you these three first round picks for your star quarterback, mm-hmm. right? When you receive like a franchise quarterback, you expect your team to do well. I mean, this is already a playoff team. Like the You're Bears, right. the Bears have the pieces already. Is that pick going to be high enough to make a difference for years to come? You're basically banking on the other team to do bad, but they're getting better. So, I mean, like the Niners just traded yesterday uh, the 12th pick this year, a third rounder this year, and two future first round picks in the next two years for the third pick in the draft. The Niners are definitely banking on the fact that we're going to be in the mix to win a Super Bowl. So these picks aren't going to be as bad. They'll be late first-round picks. So, I mean, how much do you value that? It just depends, I guess, or what what you think is going to happen. I understand. It's uh, like projecting. But just like I could project, like, oh, these picks are going to be late. There's no projection to say that you won't trade those picks in the future. Um also, having rest doesn't automatically like you know. Even though you're you might have a playoff caliber team, you give up somebody like Mac and I think the other defensive starter they had 
what is your defense doing now when you get rid of that side of the ball? Um, secondly, like how you said you guys traded like what it was four first round picks to get to third. You could give yourself that opportunity with all the picks they gave you in another draft if you don't find another guy late. Remember, Russ was what third round pick, something like that. So yeah, the talent is out there to find, and they were pretty good at like Pete Carroll seems to be pretty good at like you know working on that talent and breeding breeding greatness out of them. So it'll be it would have been interesting to say the least if they went with that deal. I feel like that would probably be the best deal they had on the table. If he does get draft, I mean traded draft night. I feel like the only way it happens is if a QB slips to a team that Seattle was taking a look at and was like, okay, I could I could see us rebuilding with that QB. And then the deal's still not going to look as nice as the Bears one, in my opinion. Yeah. It's so it's so wild. Uh, just to note that how we can stray so far away from what we were originally talking about. Um. Yeah, it's funny because JJ Watt yeah. led us into <laughs> the, into this because we started talking about the division into Russell Wilson and but yeah, it's yeah it's so much to talk about with sports. Um, so the Cardinals also made another signing, uh, Malcolm Butler, one year, six million. Um, I think it was a clear, obvious move to try and replace Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Um, I mean Patrick Peterson was also end of his career almost and he's old he doesn't he doesn't lock down one side of the field anymore but not that Malcolm Butler can do that I mean he gets he was getting toasted on the Titans um but I think for the price I know uh Peterson got eight million so a little bit of a discounted price there with the with the uh lower cap Mm -hmm. so I think it's a good signing overall he'll definitely be uh a starter there, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what do you think? I feel like it's one of the hardest positions for me to like judge because I see guys that have years that are elite, and then next year come back, and I watch third receivers beat them, and I don't know enough about the position or how the scheme is to be like, oh, that's their fault, right? Because you say as like Patrick Peterson, he lives like in this. He has almost like a larger than what he's done kind of aura because he used to return kicks. Um, for Arizona too, which was explosive, um, and he had years where he just looked like he was unbeatable, and then these last like two to three years, it's been like a down downward decline. Him, um, Xavier Rhodes, you could even say that with Stephon Gilmore, where he went from being Defensive Player of the Year to this year, it was heard that New England wasn't happy with him. They're trying to shop him around for ninety percent of the year. It was like. I'm not good enough at evaluating the position to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's done, right? But in terms of just economics, if you feel like one guy's on his way out in terms of his career arc, like he's on the way down, and you could replace him for cheaper with a guy who could at least match that downward decline production or be do a little bit better, it's just simple math. You know, you kind of have to let go of the Homer thing where he's been with Arizona his whole life or what he means to the organization outside of football. You kind of have to just make the smart decision because you're trying to go for a championship now. You have a team that could compete offensively, and if you could get the right defensive pieces, you kind of have to do it, you know? Um, So I agree with going with the discounted Malcolm Butler. It's just so hard for me to judge that position. I think, um, yeah, obviously me and you are casual. I mean, 
a little bit more than casual, but uh, for two people that didn't play football, mm-hmm. like like at that level, there's definitely a lot more things that go into it, schemes, who's supposed to be helping where. So, yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. I mean, Not to jump ahead, but I can look only- at like a Kyle Fuller. And since I've been watching him, there are a few times where they throw on his side of the field, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's definitely getting torched this game. Or, like, if I go to a younger guy who came out of the draft, what, three years ago? He plays for Green Bay, um, Jair Alexander. I don't see him get beat. Yeah. But, again, he's young, you know? So, like, as time passes, the receivers coming out are faster and more athletic. Um, you as a DB, you're not gaining any athleticism as time passes. So it's like you have to shift from using the athleticism to cover to using your mind. And I don't know enough about the game to be like, oh, yeah, it's just him or it's the team not using him right, you know? But uh, Quick side note, uh, you did mention Xavier Rhodes. Um, he also did re-up on an extension, I believe, a one-year extension. In Indianapolis? And just like, yeah, yeah. Um, just going back to like uh, – like the decline there, like Xavier Rhodes was, that was Rhodes closed, yeah. like he was locked down and uh, for a certain period of time in the Vikings, and then just one year it was, he was done. Like he, got, I think he got cut. That decline comes he, steep, man. It's not like a gradual. Yeah, and it was out of nowhere. That's the. It was like one year or the year before he was like, oh my gosh, this big uh, wide receiver cornerback matchup, Devonte Adams versus. Xavier Rhodes, and like Xavier Rhodes would win, like in those matchups. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like ah, let's target this guy. He's that's what I'm saying. It's like well, what it seems like. I don't, I, I don't get it. And I feel like I have to do more in depth like research myself to understand the cornerback position, because for an incline to come that steeply. I just don't understand what brings it about. Like, yeah, you could you could lose some of that athletic talent, but it doesn't just disappear in like half a year, you know. But well, well, also like I know like, um, so the Niners we we rush four, drop everybody else back, um, and we can create enough pressure on the quarterback for it to either be a sack or a rushed throw. So, like, it's not as accurate, and our DBs can kind of play off that. I mean, we – our big names are up front, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe that was his problem for the Vikings, like other pieces around him. Like the unit? I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not It's not a him. It's it's a it's a unit thing. embodiment of the team. You're right. Yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, as a unit, you build something up. To help support the back end of your your um your defense, right? Because like based on the the rules of the NFL and how you're allowed to cover, you can't leave a DB out on a receiver, an elite receiver, for any longer than like five seconds without you know PI or holding or anything like that. Because the rules are all catered uh, five to the wide receiver. Is a, is a reach. I know I'm given a lot of time. It's probably like three seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. like three seconds. It's, as soon as he passes five yards. And the, they can start calling those penalties on them. You kind of have to either have pressure on the QB or hope that the receiver is just not good enough to create separation, right? So, like, 
I get it, it being like a mass of all parts, but as an NFL coach or an NFL GM, I feel like you know that, right? So, like, do you go, is it like I save money on the DB, try to bring in somebody young while I try to build up the rest of the defense? Because I doubt it's just like these guys are just toast. Like, Xavier didn't play horribly for Indianapolis last year, and that defense has a little bit more cohesive, like, build from front to back end. Or... Um, it's got a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Oomph. Like Darius Leonard in the middle, kind of like controlling stuff. The front. Buckner in yeah, front. Yeah, Buckner in front. Like they, they have a solid unit. So maybe it's something like that now that you mentioned that. Miss that man, man. You know? <sighs> that one still hurts. Love that guy. I mean, you guys got a pretty solid replacement and some picks, you know? Yeah. Um, moving on, though. Uh, you mentioned Kyle Fuller. Uh, we mentioned last podcast that he got uh, bought out or cut, released. Mm-hmm. Um, their replacement is Desmond Trufant. And he used to be locked down in Atlanta. Like That boy used to be yeah. nice. It was the year they went to the Super Bowl, obviously. If I'm not mistaken, um, uh, UCF's finest. I'm pretty sure you played for UCF. Oh, oh, UCS finest is Latavius Murray. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> a bunch of UCF guys or, uh, got paid this this uh, free agency too, so. Rashard Perriman. Yeah, um, Shaquille, well, the Griffin twins both got paid too, so. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think that is a good replacement? Or do you think Trufant will fall short of what Kyle, Kyle Fuller was? In Chicago, I was wrong about. I mean, he hasn't been on that Pro Bowl. He was was a Washington player, but I digress. Um, Desmond Trufant. That's tough. Uh, he's not on Fuller's level. I mean, yeah. Well, maybe he he used to be. Yeah, for a couple couple years now. But but I feel like that's one of those things where I would done everything I could have to keep Kyle Fuller. Um, but when you look at the roster, I don't know if it's them conceding the fact like, okay, we weren't able to get Russ, so let's try to cut our losses and try to go cheaper. Maybe they'll try to get somebody in the draft in the second round, or, you know, Trufant will be a placeholder until the next draft. I don't know when Chicago starts getting their first-round picks back because they gave them all to Oakland for Matt, but maybe it's just a, a placeholder for cheap until we can find something moving forward because he won't. He won't replace Fuller's production for sure. Yeah. Um, so now we move on kind of towards the Bengals. Uh, they signed Ouzier from Dallas, three years, $22 million, and then they signed Trey Hendrickson, four years, $60 million. This is two good pickups for the Bengals. I'm, their defense uh, in the past, I know they have one really good corner now, Um was a big struggle for them. I mean, football as an organization, like football for the organization was a struggle oh, for them. Shots. But defensively, Ouzier isn't 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 that bad. Uh, and Hendrickson is obviously the big pickup there. How do you feel about Hendrickson outside of the Saints um, system? Because he wasn't the main guy there. So do you worry that he was a recipient of like? 
you know, the other guys getting covered pretty intensely and he was able to, you know, get a lot of one-on-one matchups? Or do you think he is that guy if he's by himself? Because Geno Atkins, I'm pretty sure, got let go, right? For the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Like, Hendrickson is getting paid pretty much to, like, be the guy on that line. I mean, I think he can be the guy. Uh, It's about... It's definitely about scheme, and there's obviously still going back to, like, there's things about the positioning. There's different schemes that they run, like tricks and stuff like that. Um, I'll just have to see what the Bengals are going to do with him, obviously. Um, so For me, it's more of a wait and see. I believe he could be the guy. He has the talent to be the guy. I am, I am more on the end of, like, I have to see what he does, um, especially this first year of this contract, because... You take him off of a line that has Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan, right? Those are not, those are not like secondary players. Those guys are, are pretty dominant linemen, and you get to be on that line, you know. And then you go from that to it's you. There's no Gino anymore. Do they still have the guy that they signed from Seattle? Or no, wait, they sent somebody to Seattle, right? Last year. That I couldn't tell you. I think they sent somebody to Seattle, so never. Mind. Uh... But, yeah, you lose Geno Atkins, who was, like, the guy on that defensive line. And they bring you in to be that guy now. If they plan to draft somebody, because they are pretty high up in the draft. I haven't heard much about pass rushes coming out in this draft, though. Anybody you really want to draft in that top ten. But if you have plans to, like, try to load up the line in this draft as well, then, yeah. By all means, have him be, like, the centerpiece. But if you plan to leave the line as is, they're going to have to make some more moves. Maybe trades or something. Well, also, I mean, getting him on a four-year deal instead of, like, a two-year deal solid. puts him more of a uh, – we're, we're in it for the long run because um, they're in no position to compete uh, with, with the Chiefs, with the Ravens, with the Bills, even the Titans. I wouldn't take them over I, – I still have them being last in their division. Um and we'll, in later podcast episodes, we'll go into division breakdown, who's our winners, and stuff like that. Probably after the I don't have, we'll, hit, we'll hit that up when teams are a little bit more settled. Yeah, it, it, it should be no surprise that I have them fourth in the standings in, in the AFC North. North? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, North. I mean, the other teams are all playoff um, teams, so I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, that is also arguably, if the Bengals can pick it up, that might be the best division in football. Right. But until they do, and until Burrow can get healthy, they get some new receivers. I mean, they're short. I mean, Higgins was a, a great spot for them. Oh, yeah. Great find in, in the second round of the draft last Boyd year. Boyd is solid, too. They but, just need, I, mean, I think, if Higgins doesn't turn into that alpha, they're going to still need to draft an alpha. But I think Higgins yeah, has need, the potential they need that number to, one. to be an alpha with enough time, you know? I know sp- speaking to a Bengals fan the other day, uh, he wants uh, Pene Sewell, or however you say his yeah. last name, uh, out of Oregon. And so I don't think they're going to target defense, in, at least in the first there's, round. I mean, if you look at Mox, there's not much defensive guys. Yeah, there's not much pass rushers in the top end of this draft. 
every every mock draft you usually find at least two or three going in the fifth in the top 15 i have not seen many at all it's been a very offensive heavy and db heavy um mock draft in the first round this year and some yeah, old line for uh, sure certain big name there um that was just the one that came to mind but um yeah well, i guess it's just a wait and see for me for the bengals i don't think it'll be this year that they really explode probably won't even be next year honestly they might be bad the forever the aim should be for them to protect their asset and joe burrow was a good pickup i feel like he will be a better quarterback for the organization than andy dalton in terms of like ceiling um but you have to protect him, right? He had the third most sacks on him in the league in the 10 games that he played. Actually, no, even after the league ended, after all 16 games were played, he's still ranked number three for taking the most hits and sacks at the quarterback position, and he only played 10, 10 games. So you can't allow your investment to get banged on that often. You know, you got to protect him. So I like the Sewell yeah. pick if they go with Sewell. I don't even know where they are in well, the draft think, right now. Are they still I think they'll definitely four? get there. They're, they're fifth. Yeah. It goes uh, Jags, Jets, Niners. Um, then uh, Falcons, excuse me. Falcons and then the Bengals. And a lot of that is because of and movement I think last the night, Falcons, right? Well, yesterday. Yeah. And then six would be the Dolphins. It was the Eagles, but they traded back. Mm, which is interesting. Or they traded up after trading back. Yeah. We will have to see how that goes, but I think, as you said, they have a lot of things to fix on that team, and locking Hendrickson up to a decent deal, that's pretty solid for them going forward. Even if he's not the guy, they didn't they didn't lock him up for the most amount of money that a defensive lineman's getting, so, you know, that contract will look a little yeah, bit different in, as the cap goes back up, too. Yeah, in, and in every contract, there's the ins and outs, mm-hmm. and little things that save the Bengals money get them out of the contract pay them a little like bit that. more here yeah um, moving on to an in-division team Cleveland is on the move making big plays possibly even a bigger one that hasn't been announced yet uh, they got Troy Hill from the Rams Tack McKinley Anthony Walker Jr. and uh, I'm sure you miss him a lot Malik Jackson um, some, some big names there Definitely solidifies their defense. They already had a top ten defense last year, um, led by Miles Garrett. Uh, my my favorite out of that is Malik Jackson. He's he's been to an AFC championship. He's, I mean, he he had some time off away from that with the Eagles, a little bit of a losing way, but definitely a talented guy. Troy Hill, big fan of Troy Hill. Thank God he's out of my division. Um. Yeah, it just makes me happy. And then Tack McKinley and, like, his grandma, dude. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I mean, Tack McKinley. No, I'm just kidding. But. He, I don't think he got a fair shake down in Atlanta. Um, he dealt with injuries. No, not at all. And, um, you know, a, a, it was him and Beasley. Beasley got out of there before him, though, right? But they were having a rough shakedown on Atlanta's defensive line. Maybe the scheme wasn't right. Again, you know, stuff like that is hard to tell. But I saw talent there in the games where he was on the field. Um. I think Cleveland's going for the overwhelm you with numbers strategy, right? Like, there will never be a time where if they could get subs in the game that their defensive line doesn't have elite rushers on the field at all times. 
um, kind of like how Jacksonville ran their way all the way to the AFC Championship game with just a constant flow of pressure. No matter what time of the clock it was, no matter what quarter it was, you had to deal with intense pressure on the line, Saxonville style. So I think that's a solid move for their defense. Yes, sir. Do well. um, if the next piece that they had come in to, to check the facilities out um, could sign, um, if Jadavian Clowney gets gets hyped up in the idea of him on one end and Miles Garrett on the other, kind of like how it was him and J.J. Watt, I think that that puts them mm-hmm. way ahead of everybody except Pittsburgh in that division on defense. Like, even though Baltimore has a pretty solid defense, they have an aging Calais Campbell. Um, They've also been losing yeah. guys in Gakwe. Judon left. Judon. Yeah. So they don't mm-hmm. have as many pieces. Um, and Pittsburgh is still solid. So I put them second in that division in defense, which both those defenses are top 10 in the league talent-wise if they're able to lock down Clowney. So it'll be interesting to see that helps. I'm, I'm really tempted to see what they do on the offensive side of the ball as well because um, they've been able to keep a lot of guys, but they haven't really added much necessarily. So, I mean, do you think uh, offensively that they needed to add anybody? Uh, what position on offense do you think they would need to add? I mean, they have a good core, receiving core. I think Baker's a great quarterback, in my someone, opinion. Personally, like an Odell Beckham yes. Jr. Is that injury wise? No. Or injury based? No. I mean, I felt like before the injury, the fit just didn't seem very fluid. You know, he hasn't. The offense doesn't look like it runs well with him in it. It's not because he's injured. And I'm not saying Odell Beckham's not a great playmaker. I just feel like that offense works better when he's not there. And personally, I feel like it's because there's less pressure to get the ball to one guy, you know? I feel like Baker did a lot of forcing the ball to Odell when Odell was on the field or feeling like if he doesn't get him touches enough that he has to start looking his way at some point instead of just letting the offense run, right? And Odell's a very passionate guy and he wants to help the team win. So when you go on the field and you go, you know, pound the ball 10 times in a row with your, your duo of backs that, sh- that are both starting level backs, you know, he do- he's not a big fan of that. So I feel for both parties, it would be best to move on. You know, I feel like dealing Odell to like a team like, shoot, um, not the Bucks because the Bucks replaced everybody on the, on the starting end. They don't really need any more receivers. But uh, you could get him out of there and send him to like, I wouldn't want to do in division, but if you could deal him to Baltimore or something like that, you know? Do you like trading in division? No, though? that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't want to deal in division. But okay. I thought you, I thought you said just to Baltimore. I know that that's a team that no okay. doubt would be like, sure, we'll take Odell Beckham Jr. Um, but you just, I feel like he'd be better on a team like before the Giants signed Galladay, if you could have sent him back. Um, just somewhere where that offense needs an alpha. I feel like the Cleveland team runs a little bit smoother with Jarvis, decent secondary receivers on the outside. Um, they get a tight end. They have a tight end that's pretty uh, solid. Higgins and Higgins and Peoples Jones. Yeah, Cooper. getting getting nice run. Yeah. Um, and you have the two running backs that the best running back duo in the league. Whoa. I'm. Stretch, bro. I mean, both guys are starting running backs. That's how I see it. 
Dude, Mostert and Jeff Wilson okay. Jr. Stop that. All right, we have a homer. But Stop. yeah, I, I homer. I feel like what about uh OBJ should get dealt for both parties' sakes because OBJ would do better on another team. I'll take him on the Niners, dude. That that's a he solid. Could our, he could be our third. third that's receiver. a solid play too. He just has to deal with getting less yeah, touches, could, but that's a solid move too. And and he could have fun uh, being hurt. We can have all three of our starters hurt at one time because that's always what the happens. Titans could take him. They don't have a one right now. The Titans could take him. The Titans could take him. Yes, they do. I mean AJ Brown. Yeah. The Titans have AJ yeah, Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown, but like <laughs> definitely a but one. But like. He would be a solid. The yeah, Jacks. The Jacks would definitely take him. Trevor Lawrence throwing to him sounds like yeah. a marvelous idea, but you know. Want to know it sounds better than that though? What? Zach Wilson. Oh my gosh. Him. We have Dallas. to eventually get into our our prospect breakdowns. Who we like coming out of this draft before the draft? Probably like a week before draft day, we'll break that episode down. But you are a Zach Wilson fiend. He's he's the best quarterback in the draft. I'll stand by it. It's a big take. Did you see his his crossbody throw? At yes, his pro I day? did see oh him falling gosh. away, crossbody, dime from like sixty yards. That's, that throw, that throw. Hear me out. Better than sex. Okay, if you hey, I watched Trevor Lawrence go out there two days before surgery, and just show you why he's Trevor Lawrence at his pro day. Solid throws, all over the field. I saw. Trevor Lawrence get demolished by Ohio State. Okay. Anywho, and we watched Zach Wilson lose to on. Coastal Carolina. Like, what were you gonna like? But one one player plays for a bad team. One player plays for a bad team and is the only reason they're good. Clemson can plug in any quarterback and be good. That's a fair argument, but I mean, Thank he you came in much. and took over. What was his name? Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant, yeah, and then. Started up as and Kelly Bryant was a starter at another. He went to Mizzou at, at an SEC Wait, did you school. Hear, did you hear anything about Mizzou in the time that Kelly Bryant went there? No, but he's also not that good. But Clemson was going to be undefeated with Kelly Bryant anyway. That's what I'm saying. And then when uh, Trevor got COVID or whatever, they had that one kid. He put up just the same amount of numbers. Well, that well that as, one as kid, Lawrence. DJ Ugalele. Is gonna be a beast. You see what he looks like. You see how well he throws the ball too. He's a big prospect coming out of the twenty twenty three class, I think. So, don't sleep on DJ. Yeah, he's a bum. Oh, well, I guess we'll see going forward. Product product of the system, bro. Maybe, but anyway, if you watch QB one beyond the lights. On. That that dude is. Oof, I do not. That dude is. That dude's been a beast since My high school. Is currently not working. Oh. Yeah, won't won't load the videos, but that has nothing to do with this. Uh, moving on to to two Broncos corners, Darby, Fuller, Ronald Darby, three year, thirty million. Kyle Fuller, one year, nine and a half million. If I'm Kyle Fuller, I'm a veteran. Why why would you want to play for Denver? I mean that defense is gonna be nice. I was about to say, Don't did you see wrong. who that he signed with? Nice, but you have no. You have no reason to go there. That's like Chris Harris Jr. Like you, y'all not making it. Y'all not beating the Chiefs. Kyle Fuller should have t- either aimed for like the Bucks or the Chiefs. Even the Chiefs need corners. Th- this guy. They clearly need help. This guy 
the reason football players are football players isn't just because you know they look at things like okay from a statistical standpoint this team has no chance to make it it's because they have awful belief in themselves that wherever i go i can make this team move right and based on who he signed with you said it you you he's not a free agent signing but you get your guy back on the line this year barring like any setbacks with his injuries right you put him right with these two dbs which unlike the other ones we talked about who are on the like decline of their career and you're like you're not sure what you have left they're still pretty much in the prime so you add two prime guys chris harris is still there right no no chris harris is on the the Chargers. chargers okay so who's their best db that they have at the moment is it these new signings? Uh, AJ Bouye. Oh, okay. I think that's still solid to have if he's these still three guys in on the back end of your defense. You get your line back up to snuff a bit, right? Your offense has oh, weapons. Actually, Bouye is a free agent. Oh, so he could end up somewhere else. Watch him go yeah. to the Rams to be with Ramsey again. Um, but like. You have offensive weapons. You just you have one little issue at offense. I feel like, and it's the guy holding the ball. He has not shown anything to be consistent yet. And I mean, give him another year to be a little bit more meshed in with the new guys that you guys brought in the draft last year. But they have the talent with the right quarterback. That's why they're trying to get Matthew Stafford before the Rams swooped in and got him, because you have the 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 talent at all the positions to. To make a decent run if that defense is able to go back to, like, you know, the defense that played with Peyton. And with those two guys on the back end of your defense, you have solid corners right there. So you have a lot to build off of. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't write off Drew Lock. Like you said, I'll give him another year as well. But, man, I'd, I'd much rather see him on a different team. Like the Niners or something like that. There's a lot of divisions. Yeah, of course the Niners, which I mean, you guys will have a position to fill because you guys didn't go back to Sherman, right? No, we um we resigned. We'll get into it a little okay. bit later. Um, yeah, but uh, it's just so frustrating to me because you want to see him on a uh, computer. Speaking of another uh, competitor, yeah, computer, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. Uh, your boy, Shaquille. Three years, $40 million to the Jags. Don't just call it my boy. I'm sure. My boys. This should say Griffin Twins to the Jags. Not just Shaquille. But only one of them is important. Nope. Don't sleep on my boy Shaquille. He hasn't gotten a fair shake. Yeah, he'll be great on special I teams. want him to get a chance on the field. And the way our linebacking core always ends up with injuries... Or getting suspended, he will get a shot on 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 that linebacking core. But I love it. The boys are back home, you know, and it's a beautiful story. More than anything, more than anything, down. it's a beautiful story because no matter what happened with Shaquille, Shaquille was always like, "My brother's coming along. I'm gonna find a way for this to work." And Shaquille's talented enough to make his impact where he went as well, right? Like, let's not forget they had the brothers, the brother duo sack on Aaron Rodgers in, um, what was it, two years ago in Seattle in a pretty intense matchup against Green Bay. Like, they've had some pretty good moments together. And for both of them to make their way back to Florida, to the Jags, which is pretty much UCF part two. If you're a UCF player coming out of college, 
and you don't have a chance to like get a shot with another team the Jags will give you a workout right so it's cool to see him get his money that's his big that's his big contract in the league um it pretty much sets them up decently if they're good with their money for the rest of their life um and it's solid to see him join a team that even though it's in rebuild mode he's home you know so It'll be interesting to see what he does. Again, I've seen games where he's made spectacular plays to keep Seattle in games. I've also seen games where he's gotten beat on a certain route or, or you know, missed coverage, which I feel like happens with a lot of DBs. So it'll be interesting to see how the fit is. He's definitely the guy in terms of um the that DB room now because the only guy, other guy we were pushing was a rookie who spent the whole year getting burnt, the rookie out of Florida. Right, so he'll be the elder statesman, unfortunately, mm-hmm. unless they sign somebody else. Um, CJ, yeah, it was CJ Henderson, Henderson? Yeah. yeah, Henderson, Anderson. But Jeez. Shaquille's been in the league a while; he could probably help coach up those DBs somewhat. And we'll see where it goes. It'll be interesting to see what the new look Jags look like, depending who we take at one, and the rest of the draft, because this is the first time I've seen us focused. Hopefully, it's Zach Wilson. Whoever they take, I just hope we. I don't want to jump ahead of myself and make it seem like I won't take Zach Wilson, but please give me Trevor Lawrence. Um, but it was fun to see a player I like individually come to a team that I support. It was it was it was a nice signing for me personally, and I think it will be good for the team. Yeah, de- definitely looking ahead, look looking up um, for the Jags. Um, Which speaking of divisions, three signings. The only team in that division that's really scary right now to me is um, Indianapolis because Houston is wavering. King Henry. Anyway. King Henry. Um, Moving on to the Raiders. Uh, Big moves up front for them. Yannick Ngakwe, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson all in short, cheap deal. Well, not Ngakwe. But Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson on one-year deals. Solomon Thomas is coming off an ACL tear. Um, big moves up front for them. I think Solomon Thomas didn't get a fair shake with the Niners, especially his last year, um, which was his option year. The team option, obviously. Um, I think he was going to have a great season before he tore his ACL. Same game as Bosa. Ngakwe, I know, uh, two year, twenty six million. Uh, he had a rough year. I didn't see too much out of him uh, for the Ravens, uh, so hopefully he can bounce back with the Raiders being the guy. He's been trying to find a home for a while. And then, yeah, I mean, it was just a whole mess with the Jags and Vikings to the Ravens to the exactly, he was all over yeah. the place. So two years, twenty six million. I think that's a good deal for him. Uh, get a little stability with the Raiders. Have a bounce back year. Fit into a system. I don't exactly know what they run, but talent is talent, you know. Quentin Jefferson too. Uh, just overall good signings up front. I mean, I wouldn't complain about it if I'm a if I'm a Raiders fan, especially on like. The type of deals, like like I said, short, cheap, three and a half mil, three point three mil. It's not setting you back too much for Quentin Jefferson. Right. Yeah, yeah, Le- leaves enough space for other signings. I know they lost uh, some pieces on offense that 
they needed. I know yesterday they signed Willie Sneed, not exactly super notable, but another guy in their offense after losing Aguilar. Another guy to get the ball off to when, you know, you have a lot of guys who are speedsters. You you have Renfro and Willie Sneed who could play everything behind the line of, um, I was about to say scrimmage, but not behind the line of scrimmage, but within the 10-yard gap to first down, you know? Yeah, is there is there anything I'm missing or you want to add to this group of players? They're solid pickups for their defense for sure, but as you said, that offensive line did not get better. They had a pretty solid offensive line, and they lost quite a few pieces. And if I'm expecting Derek Carr to have a solid year, I want to give him as much protection as possible because he does not do well under duress. So I need y'all to, to work on that offensive line if I'm a Raiders fan. Nice for the defensive line, nice for the defense. But unless you're planning to go O-line heavy in this draft, I I don't see how you guys make much noise. Um, so do you think they target that in the draft? Yeah, then? the O-line uh, talent in this draft, from what I've been hearing, is supposed to be on the deeper side. So they do need to take advantage of that. They have a, quite a few picks, I'm pretty sure. I think they have maybe one to two first-round picks in this draft. And then I think they have a second couple seconds or something so address that because if you're not going to address it in free agency you need to because that was the bright spark for their team last year yeah all right yeah i hear you um kind of moving on a little bit um we mentioned him earlier um malcolm butler in patrick peterson out one year, eight million with the Vikings. This flusters me a lot. Um, just going back to the Kyle Fuller thing, and I know you mentioned how they want to be the guy. Patrick Peterson could have went in division to a playoff-ready team, the Niners, whatever. But or or the Chiefs or the Bucks. The Bucks could take him. He obvi- I don't even think he would start for the Bucks to be honest. But he would definitely start for the Chiefs. Um, still good in his old older age. Is is it a good fit? I mean, the Vikings needed a number one corner. Haven't had one in the last three years. I think I think their number one per se, quote unquote, would have been what Trey Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that UCF Hughes, kid as well, yeah, right? Who came back off the ACL injury last year. Yeah, is, is he fully recovered, yeah. or I, I haven't really checked in on him. He, I, I knew he tore it, but... He played quite a bit last year. Um, I think he still has to do some adjusting to the NFL game because, I mean, he missed quite a bit of it. He was doing pretty stellar the beginning half of his rookie year before he got hurt. So it's finding that, you know, rhythm again. Um, but I think he'll be fine going forward. That's the thing I was going to bring up is, like, do you sign Patrick Peterson as just a piece of your team, or do you convey to him that you want him to be like the floor raiser you want him to get your young guys on page because the minnesota vikings db room seems to be pretty young right so if he's okay with being like a a mentor that's probably what would draw him more to that team than like say if you send him to tampa those guys are championship dbs now you're not going there to be a mentor or if you go to the chiefs locker room you're not going to be there as, like, you know, the elder of the room to try to get these guys up to snuff. If that was what he was looking for in the later years, then I could see why he signed. 
right? But um, in terms of just football yeah. fit, you're right. There were other places he could have gone to compete because at this point in your career, I figured you won a championship. So, yeah, a lot of older players just ring yeah. chase. Sean McCoy, um, Adrian Peterson is like I wouldn't mind signing for the of Bucks. Of course not. Who wouldn't? <laughs> they have yeah three receivers. Well, they have a receiving core that's insane. Um, their running back duo isn't isn't half bad at all. You know, so you just have to sit back and wait. And Brady still seems to be doing enough, right? He's washed. I don't want to hear it. He's terrible. He, he's doing enough. Should have lost. Should have lost to the Packers. Three picks, seven passes. Gave Aaron Rodgers the ball three times. I don't even want to talk about not going for it on fourth, kicking a field yeah, goal. Yeah, that didn't even make How any ridiculous. sense, to be honest. But anyway, you're right. Um, I don't think they run it back personally, but you know. Um, and disclaimer: that was a huge joke. Brady's still good. <laughs> Um, Don't come yeah. from in the comments, but yeah, you're right. Um, he, For all the millions of people that are going to watch. That says he's going, eventually. He, he's the GOAT for a reason, but, I mean, he is in his later years, and he's not he's not doing anything to really wow, but he's he's doing what is needed. And that's what I feel like a lot of quarterbacks don't develop, even in their younger years, is you don't have to do the flashy every time. Just be dependable. Just get the job yeah, done. Be dependable. Let your playmakers make plays for you and just don't turn the ball over. Right? So Yeah. Speaking of Brady and the team that he left, the Patriots, they are reloading. Um not only on offense with the two tight ends and the wide receivers, but now on defense. Matt Judon, four years, fifty-five million. Jalen Mills, four years, twenty-four million. Kyle Van Noy, two years, twelve millions. The return, um, and then Lawrence Guy, four years, eleven and a half million. They are cashing out. Is this what that defense needed? Um, I mean, the, their corners are great. J.C. Jackson, amazing. We know who Stephon Gilmore is. Uh, the McCordy guys. I think they're yeah, they opted still. out, but they're, they're um, coming back, I'm pretty sure. So, them, Kyle Van Oy, I, I mean, Dante Hightower is still there, too. Uh, Jalen Mills is a safety, right? I think so. For the, he was a safety for the Eagles. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe uh, what is it? I think Devin is the corner. Jason's the safety. I don't know. Whichever one is which, I don't know if they will be back then. Four years, 24, that's that's hefty for a safety. Um, Judon, I think, is the biggest mm-hmm. signing. I know Baltimore didn't want to pay him. They seem to have an issue with that so, with guys who ball out from, right? But I digress. Yeah, they don't like paying anybody. C.J. Mosley had to leave to get his money, and we knew what C.J. Mosley was. But, you know. Yeah, bum. I don't know. I look at these... <laughs> these defensive ads. The Kyle Van Noy one is pretty interesting because he shouldn't have been let go in Miami. They're still trying to figure out. I was watching an interview with him the other day, and he's still trying to figure out, like, what was the reason because it wasn't really, like, performance-based or anything. He did pretty well for that team, and then he got let go at the end of the year. They're saying it might have been something he said to front office or something he, like, said in one of his exiting interviews or something, and they wave him. 
and he just falls right into the Patriots' lap again. You know, pretty solid linebacker, could be captain of your defense type player. So it's a good pickup for them. Yeah, he'll definitely be in, in that leadership role. I mean, a lot of the players they left are still yep. there. He left are still there. So I think he'll mesh great back in. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Judon. I know he's like boy a little crazy now, mm-hmm. but hopefully they mesh well. I think that can put them in the conversation for their division. I don't think they're going to catch the Bills on an offensive side, but I mean, looking back to Brady's last year, their defense is what carried them over and over and over yeah. again, even scoring more t- more times than the other team, like two defensive touchdowns in a game. I think it was against the Jets and then another team that that happened, but they really shut down that side of the ball and put their team in a position to win. Um, I think it can be elite again. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely picked him up in fantasy. 101 pick. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Um, my, my opinion is, like, we keep forgetting, I feel like, that last year with the COVID year, many players sat out, and that defense lost quite a few playmakers who just decided they didn't want to play in the COVID year. So it's almost like a brand-new defense coming back this year. And the Patriots rested yeah, too. Yeah, they're uninjured. The Patriots, and it's not like these players are just sitting around on their butts all day. You know, they're definitely still putting oh yeah, that work. Oh yeah, for sure. Trying to get you, better. You keep your your physical health up, not just for like playing, but if you're also worried about COVID, you're not gonna like let yourself be susceptible to you know catching the disease either. You're gonna try to work on your your health as much as possible. These guys are athletes, um, but. You see the Patriots, I think they're going to go back to a very control-the-flow-of-the-game type of uh, play style. On defense, they're going to try to keep you playing at their pace. And on offense, I feel that's going to be a lot of possession plays. They're going to establish yeah, the run. Yeah, it's going to be time yeah. time control. Their, their tight ends are going to get them first downs. Um, I feel like they're taking a running back in this draft because they tried to sign one in free agency pretty hard this year. They just couldn't get anybody to, to to make that move to New England. But they're going to probably draft a running back in this class because they like Damian Harris, but they're probably going to see what else is out there. Um, Sony Michelle is going to be the odd man out, if you ask me. Like a, like a Najee? No, not that high. Najee's going to be gone. I'm okay. thinking more like a, they might end up with that kid out of North Carolina. Um, Javante Williams or the other one that played in North Carolina um, that ran for 1,000 as well. I think his name is Michael Carter. Yeah. You're talking about for U- yeah. UNC, right? Um, yeah. Or they might end up with the Chuba if they feel like he slips pretty far. I know he's not getting the most recognition in terms of like what he could do on tape and like athleticism wise and forty yard time, but I feel like the Patriots would take him and make him a grinder. So they'll they'll try to draft one of these like l- running backs probably later round, third, fourth round, uh, but. Yeah, I think they're going to be trying to control the time of possession for sure. And if they do that, I feel they could beat the Bills because we've seen Josh Allen struggle still with um, just making the right throws and keeping the offense moving sometimes, especially in the playoffs. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Patriots are definitely trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how Cam plays. I guess that's the biggest question mark. And how long. And only time will tell. Because... They're at the 15th yeah, pick, long, so if you can, do they take somebody there if they slip? What I've been hearing is four quarterbacks in the up? top five. So if they want their guy, they might have to move up. Yeah, Mac Jones at three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
ends at three. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, moving on to the best team in the NFC, uh, the Niners. Um, familiar faces coming back. We got K1 Williams, our slot corner. Kwaski Tart, my boy. Uh, cheap deal. Cheap, mm. cheap deal. Like a veteran minimum deal. Uh, coming back for a year. He was supposed to be gone. He's supposed to get paid somewhere else. Uh, Manuel Mosley signed an extension. We got the snub of a comeback player of the year, Jason Verrett. This man's been injured so many times, and I know Alex Smith. Can't really not give You're it to right. him. But the level of play of Jason Verrett, I think, warranted the the award. Uh, what am I? Award. Yeah, that's the word. But as um, you said. But yeah. You know there was no way they might name the award after Alex Smith. <laughs> there was. There was zero percent. There was no way. And uh, outside of those players coming back, I mean, that's just that's all of our DBs right there. I mean, we already have uh, Jimmy Ward on contract for another year. Um, but Samson Ibukem, I don't know how to how to really say his last name. Uh, his nickname is Sosa, though. And he is most known for that uh, strip sack on Mahomes in that highest-scoring Monday night football mm. game. Yeah, he, Against he, the Rams, right? Big part of the Rams' yeah. defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he actually signed for our team because he thought Kendrick Bourne was coming back because oh. um, they went to school together but oh. oh well what can you do there right I'm sure he'll be happy it'll be fun whatever I mean yeah it's part uh, of life I, I feel like they should have discussed that first <laughs> but yeah. you know I mean it wasn't ultimate the ultimate like end all be all like I want to play with Kendrick Bourne like, I don't think anybody ever says that but uh, him and Bosa, Sosa, Bosa, type deal up front. Ooh, I like it. But, um, yeah, I think we're basically running back with the team we had last year, plus a couple. You know, a lot of our ben, uh, backups left. Kerry Hyder, he went to the Seahawks. Akella Witherspoon, he went to the Seahawks. Everybody's just going to the Seahawks. Richard Sherman's probably leaving, probably going to the Seahawks. Uh, he's been linked there. And just now, Mohamed Sanu signed a one-year deal with the Niners. Oh, really? Mid-recording? Um, yeah, hey, just now. We live, baby. Um, But, like I said, just run it back. I mean, hopefully we stay healthy this year. I mean, Tart missed time. K1 got suspended. Um, Mosley was healthy the whole year. Verrett was uh, healthy the whole year. So, we'll see. I, th- I know everyone's saying the Bucks this, the Bucks that, they're running back, Bucks Chiefs, whatever. Um, don't sleep. That's all I got to say. This is your roster, right? So, from your perspective, not just because you like the Niners, but what else would you like to see them add in the draft or in free agency to really put you back at that Super Bowl contending? Because, like, you guys have it all right now. But when I mean Super Bowl contending, I mean, like, getting in that Super Bowl game over everybody in that division and then having a shot against the guys you play against because you guys looked good against the Chiefs for all of three quarters, you know? What do you feel like you guys need to put you over the top? Um, it's actually the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter. I don't know. Anyway. Give anyway. Give take two minutes. I'm not hurt. You're hurt. 
You mean five? Um, I think, well, obviously, us trading up to the third pick means uh, we won't have any first-round caliber uh, players coming in, quote-unquote, because, you know, you get steals yeah, in the draft. I mean, George Kittle was like a fifth-round pick. Jonathan Taylor should have been a first-round um, pick. He's a, he's I know, I'm back. just saying. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, but I think that means we believe that we're already in a position to win. Um, I would agree. Even with Jimmy at quarterback, and obviously whatever quarterback we get next, Jimmy's going to be gone next year or even halfway through this year because I know there's suitors that want him. Bill Belichick. How do you feel about them saying Jimmy's our guy? After trading up to the three spot. I love Jimmy. After trading up to the three spot. I'd actually prefer to not trade Jimmy and keep uh, keep Jimmy for obviously this year, not trade him, have this guy mold under him. Because I think, uh, and I think it shows in our team, that Jimmy is just a great leader. Um, granted, whatever, he threw eight passes in the NFC Championship game or whatever, the first round uh, of the playoffs. But, like, the guy's a winner. Like it's it's proven in his record. I mean, you can say it's all situation based. What would he do on another team? But when we when we got him, we were terrible. We won one game. We finished the year six and ten. That's not a good record. And uh, he sat one game uh, after we traded for him, and then we won five straight. And we also beat the AFC Jags, mm-hmm. if you do recall. I'll never let you forget it. Um, but that was a good team. Like, we weren't – it's not like we were just beating scrubs. We, we beat a good team. We beat a playoff team, caliber team. But we wouldn't have stood a chance with uh, Bethard or – I mean, Nick Mullins wasn't there at the time. But Nick Mullins, if you plug him in, it's just not happening. Like, something about Jimmy propels the team. And I think the way Kittle talks about him, Kyle Juszczyk, they all believe in him a lot. So I, I think it's really weird that we're straying away from even resigning him, but you know the generational talents of, of the draft call, I guess. So you're one hundred percent sure that you guys are locking in a quarterback at that number three. A quarterback pick. for sure, okay. yeah. I I couldn't see it. I mean, uh, Sewell plays left tackle. You guys um, we just signed Trent to the biggest left tackle deal in history by like a hundred dollars. Um, Do you think Trent would move? Is there a way for Trent to move? Like, how skilled would he be at the right tackle position? I couldn't tell you That's anything what I'm about saying. that. Like, I know guys don't usually switch positions, and it's usually not like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely switch. Guys usually get really bent out of shape about moving around on the offensive line. But Well, I mean, we have we have guys. Uh, Daniel Brunskill played multiple different positions on our offensive line. He even played center at a time. Um, what's his name? I'm going blank here. Uh, he was another rookie from last year or two years ago. I can't remember his name. Uh, but they 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 move around a lot on our line, uh, especially with the injuries we've had. Um, uh, West Westenberg, our center, he tore his uh meniscus meniscus uh, last year, and then we had. We had to have someone align and play center. Like, 
you just learn the position. Got to be open to it. I mean, if, if you can play multiple positions, you could probably get a job anywhere. You're right. You know. You're right. Um. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think we specifically need to add anything. If if I if I had to pick one thing to add to the Niners, it'd probably be another receiver. Actually, that's not true. I want a really good young okay. corner, which. I wouldn't mind not taking a quarterback, even though I want Zach Wilson so bad, and probably the Jets are probably going to get him after you guys draft mm-hmm. Lawrence. Uh, I, w- I would have been happy with uh, Sertain. mentioned him earlier. I would not have minded him at all. Um, when does Stingley Jr. enter the just draft? To, just to, to develop him. Stingley Jr. out of Who? LSU. Uh, I don't even know who that um, is, man. He's, I don't watch he's college football like elite. that. He's supposed to be the next big DB to come out of um, college, he was like, I'm pretty sure defensive player of the year as a freshman or something crazy like that. He's 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 a pretty nuts yep. cover DB. He got sick last year or something happened where he ended up I think sitting out the back half of the year. But he's supposed to be that guy coming up. Yeah, I I have no idea. I mean. We don't even have first round picks. I'm I'm assuming that guy's a first round. Yeah, pick. He's he sounds a top like a first round guy. pick. Uh, so we won't even be in the discussion for him unless we're trading up again. But yeah, I as far as the Niners go, that's that's about it for me. Is there anything you want to add or? No, I'm I'm on board with you, man. I feel like you guys have the potential to run it back. I feel like it's only a matter of time till you guys are able to find that form again. Um, you don't really need much. Um, like we said, yeah, the Bucks should watch. A lot out, of your man. team was just banged up. Yeah, hurt. you didn't have a chance to catch hurt, hurt, hurt. rhythm or keep one solid team on the field for multiple games in a row. So that's that's kind of where that stands. But you guys, I agree, not much needed, and it'll just be interesting to see what you do think you need at that three pick. Because if it's QB. It lights a fire under Jimmy for sure, because Jimmy starts playing bad. You know yeah. they might force the guy in there. Pressure to yeah. perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, moving on. Uh, this is a small team. Doesn't really matter. Um, the Bucks. Um, Shaq Barrett, four years, sixty-eight million. They're basically saying run it back on the whole team. They think they're the second team in history. To bring back every single yeah, starter. Since 1979. Uh, Nadama Kinsu also signed. One year, nine million. Run it back. I mean, do we even have to talk about them? No. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. They're a championship caliber team. They they get the job done on defense and in the big moments on offense. I um, think it's just another feather in Brady's hat, you know? Like, guys believe. He, he brought guys in and made them believe and then... He promised him something that he came through on. And these guys are like, you did it once. Let's see if we can do it again. Let's see if we can repeat. Because it goes to show, if this hasn't happened since 1979, and it happened now, there has to be a factor, right? Like, there's more money out there for a lot of these people. And they came back. So, My only thing is, uh, I feel like they should try and improve. on If they, if they can improve, do improve. Um, but it doesn't look like they're trying to do that. I think they just want to get back the core that they had and uh, especially Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett was a huge, mm-hmm. very important uh, influence. I mean, he was running around a backup left tackle or right tackle or whatever, but that doesn't yeah. matter. 
if you're not good, you won't, oh, he's you won't beat the guy. That's how I see it. Like, yeah, the guy could be a backup, yeah. but he's still a backup in the NFL. And you still have to be on a level to be better than that guy. And he, they, they had Mahomes on the run. They, they beat him up pretty much. So. Yeah, they beat him up, and when he made the throws, it just hit his receivers in the head. And <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Yeah. If I'm Mahomes, I'm coming back with some type of vengeance this year because. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll be back for sure. They'll, they'll definitely be in a position to win it all. I don't think any AFC team is close to them right now. The NFC is where the real competition is. Yeah, I'd is. agree with that. Um, uh, Bud Dupree, I think he tore his ACL as well. For the huh? Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, uh, he's on the move. He's going to the Titans, and this is our last, uh, last of our notable free agents. What a list! So many big names on the move. Uh, what does Bud Dupree add to the Titans? I feel like that contract's very bloated. I feel like they signed him for a lot. That is a massive. Contract. I feel like, especially coming exactly. off an injury. Again, that's another one. Like, let me just double check to see what it is. He is some was the of all the pieces of the Steelers because you look at that defensive roster, and yeah, but Dupree is a solid player. But look at who is left in Pittsburgh, right? Like, there's so many guys. Um, so you start to wonder, like, will he be able to give you that same type of production with not the same type of pieces on that defensive side of the ball with him? And you sign him to that huge contract coming off an injury you don't really know which Dupree you're getting you know will he be able to ha- have that explosive um get up off the ball like he did um who are you signing for that yeah, amount of money I think yeah that is for sure risky I'm sure age also has to do a factor mm-hmm. in that um but uh I th- that's something the Raiders did well with Solomon Thomas he's coming off an ACL tear he's not going to demand that much money just trying to get back into it, maybe earn himself a better yeah. deal. But just giving someone coming off an ACL tear, like that big of a contract is, I feel like it's nuts. I think it should have been a two-year deal maybe. Maybe the same amount of money but not locked in. Obviously, we don't know the actual ins and outs of the contract. I feel like I've said that five million times. <laughs> Probably 82 and a half million times this, this uh, uh-huh. podcast. But like... There must be something in the back end of, or how much money is actually guaranteed. I think it's also with them showing um, their hand that Jadavian wasn't coming back. I think they yeah, they flat out were like, sure. oh, yeah, we know we're not getting Jadavian back, so we're going to try to make a splash to make it. I mean, I don't think they wanted him back. Yeah, possibly, because he's probably demanding. He barely played. He wasn't that, he wasn't that good for them. He's probably demanding more money than what they thought was worth <sighs> it, but then they went me. and gave Dupree 82 and a half, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, Clowney's never gonna get eighty-two nah. and a half. But anyway, he probably is like, I'll go take the less. Stage of his career, where he feels like he has a better chance to win. You know, if he cares yeah, about that. I mean, all right, we'll take him on the Niners, man. You, that's what you said eighty-two and a half million times in this podcast. It's like, oh, good free agent, man. Why you didn't go to the Niners? Of course, why didn't they go to the Niners? It's just these veterans, man. And, I mean, specifically with Clowney, uh, when he was on the Seahawks, man, mm-hmm. God, he gave us so many problems. I don't know why problems. he didn't stay there or, like, why uh, they couldn't keep him. I'm glad he didn't stay there. <laughs> of course. He, he is asking for, he is asking for too much money. That was the thing. He almost went to – but that's the thing why I said yeah. I feel like he's trying to find another competitor because the Dolphins offered him a lot of money, and he did not go there. 
Yeah, he probably got in some trouble. Oh, well, maybe. yeah, you know how that goes. Anyway, any closing thoughts? Uh, out of all these free agents, uh, which one is the main one uh, on the defensive side of the ball that stands out to you the most? All right, so let me let me scroll through a little bit, look through. Mm. The biggest... Mine would... Go ahead, you go first while I try to decide. Go ahead. Um, I think mine, honestly, is... I think it's Kyle Vinoy, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's not the biggest contract. It's not whatever. I think I think it's just a leadership thing. Uh, just kind of getting the Patriots back on their winning ways. It, it'd be it'd be a big signing for them. Um, upon me looking, I'm going um Bucks running it back. You know, a lot of guys when they get the ring, they're like, all right, I got one. That's all I need. Let me go. Let me go, make, yeah, let me let me go, go get a bag money. now. And these guys came back for way less than they probably would have gotten on the market, even with the salary cap being down. You know, I'm pretty sure Shaquille Barrett could have demanded quite a bit if he went somewhere else. So, I think that's a really that goes to show like it's a very big thing on leadership because I don't think any of these guys are staying with the Bucks. Like said, Jameis by some happenstance, you know, stumbled them into a Super Bowl win. They wouldn't have stayed to play with Jameis again, in my opinion. You know, I feel like it's right. that guy mm-hmm. telling you guys like, wait, you guys want to build a legacy or you guys want to chase the cash? Because I have seven of these things. Right. And they're never going to stop talking about me, even if I don't end up making the most money at the quarterback position. I have seven. And trust me, you guys adding to that hardware can make you more money on the back end. He's probably given them a lot of free game pretty much for just being their teammate. And the guys are seeing the things a little bit differently. So, running back is definitely my my selection for best free agent signing. Shaquille and getting Indomitian to sign back. Because, you know, he does not stay anywhere long. He chases the bag. Yeah, for real. I mean, that's why he has a yeah. one-year deal. But he he's also getting a lump sum, lump sum of money to stay. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame he them, though. Up front. Yeah, that's what's up, man. All right, so so that wraps up the defensive free agent signings of 2021. Still more yet to come, and we'll sprinkle them into each podcast as they come in. Obviously, like, news comes out every day. I mean, like, Muhammad's new. Not that that month's a big deal, but, like, you know what I'm saying. Um, so UFC 260. Um, a lot earlier um, before the podcast, you told me that uh, Volkanovski – uh, Ortega was called mm-hmm. off, so that kind of dampers on uh, on this card. So we're just going to talk about the main ones, um, three in particular. Uh, we're going to start off with Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. Um, personally, I think O'Malley is looking for a spectacular knockout. Uh, I know he's really hung up on his last fight against Mar- Marlon Vera. Chito Vera. Um, he said it was by accident, which I actually agree. Um, the way his leg locked up, um, if you watch the tape, it, it was his toe. Uh, Vera's toe hit a nerve in his yeah. leg. Like, and he made the point, and I actually agree with it. I mean, like, he definitely lost the fight, don't get me wrong. He says he's still undefeated. He's not undefeated. That boy got a loss yeah. on his record. But... Uh, Vera did not kick him 
with the intent of hitting that nerve. So that's like by chance a luck thing. It's only happened I think four times. Uh, he said, out of the last ten years, like it's it's a freak accident. Um, O'Malley was piecing him up before that. O'Malley was definitely winning I mean, the fight before his leg went, you know, spaghetti. And I I, I think O'Malley puts Almeida away. Almeida's a not a staple name, but he's been in the UFC for a minute now. Almeida's fought for so a belt and lost, he can, and he he fought guys like Cody Garbrandt in the past, and he's on a three fight losing streak. So this is definitely, if this isn't O'Malley's time to put himself back on the map, if he loses this fight, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, it it, it he also said it depends on how. He wins. If he wins a decision, he's not really back in the mix. Not really much to be talked about. But he gets a spectacular knockout win, like the walk off. Like I think he shoots himself back up. He's gonna get a bigger fight, maybe a, a top seven fight, maybe. I still like his body build for that division. Long, lengthy. It doesn't take him much to make that weight class. So he's fighting at a good weight. Um, that's what's scary for that division. If he's able to figure it out. Right again, that stumble wasn't really one hundred percent his fault. Right, he did have a slip a little bit before that that kick too. So he was going in, but you never know where things could have gone without that toe hitting that nerve. But you're right; he was applying the pressure and had Gito Vera on the back foot for the first two minutes of that fight. Right, so I feel like he has to find his way back on track, fight a smart fight, and for sure it has to be a finish. A decision doesn't help him here because this guy's coming off three losses, and it's not like a like somebody else on this card who lost three in a row. It's not like beating that type of guy because the other guy on this card who lost three in a row, who's going into a fight, held a belt for a while. This guy's just a journeyman who who's gotten the fight for a belt but never actually won the gold. So you need to put him away. Yeah, uh, this this next fight I think we can be brief on because. I think it is clear as day what it is. It's a make-or-break mm-hmm. fight. Tyron Woodley versus Vincent. Luke, I don't know how to say that, his last name. Luke or something like that. We tried it. Luke. Um, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Woodley's going to win. Um, if he doesn't win, I think he should retire. I think I think it's almost time for him. I mean, he's coming off, what, three losses mm-hmm. in a row, four losses in a row. He was the gatekeeper for He's Gilbert Burns. He's not up anybody's ass. Yeah, he. If anything, he's a, he's a stepping stone for these guys coming up. That's my favorite point. term that I think I like to use when I see older guys who have records or have some kind of pedigree. Yeah, Titles. and then they want to yeah. use mm-hmm. them to build somebody's name, right? Donald Cerrone was that until they released him, right? They, the Donald Cerrone has the record for like most wins at was it lightweight or something like that. And it's like, yeah, he has he has that pedigree, but we're, we're fighting 2021 or 2020 Donald Cerrone. It's not the same guy. And you're using him to pretty much boost the younger fighters' um, pretty much stock to get them into to fights. And that's what they did with Gilbert Burns against Woodley. Um, they gave they sacrificed him to Kobe Covington for some reason, right? Like, they're just using him as, like, another notch in the belt to be like, oh, yeah, and they beat Woodley, who's a former champ who held the belt for such and such a time, knowing that he's just been ever since that Usman, where he realized he's not invincible. Usman just bullied him for five rounds. Hasn't been the same. 
Yeah, I think I think that did something to him mentally after he walked out to I'm gonna beat mm-hmm. your ass, and then didn't beat no, no. ass. So then he has think, zero takedowns up to that point, and then Usman just demolished him. Like he had, he had never been taken down in the UFC, if I'm correct, before that point, or it was one time, and then Usman spent the whole five rounds just putting him on his back. <laughs> yeah, um, I have nothing else to add to that. I think Woodley wins. I'm going uh, Vincent. I think yeah. I think this is. You think he puts I him in the I think the writing's on the wall for Woodley. The last couple of times I've seen him fight, he doesn't throw. And I'm not going to act like I've been watching Woodley my entire life, but he was at least applying some type of pressure other than walking in with his hands down and like doing little feints and then trying to throw overhand right. There was some type of pressure involved before that, you know? But he's just looking for what he knows, which is that, that knockout. And people know that's what you're looking for. They just apply pressure in other ways, and you don't seem to adjust to that very well anymore. So, yeah. Uh, this fight is also tonight. We are recording this on the twenty seventh, um, and we won't be able to spend as much time on this next fight, um, but we'll definitely have a breakdown show coming very soon, because um, this might be the greatest heavyweight bout of mm, all time. Now, you you uh, went for it, huh? I mean, it's literally almost in the promo that they have out. But Stipe versus Nganu. Uh, Nganu is a different beast than he was the first time they fought. I don't know if Stipe is ready for it. I mean, Stipe is, God, he's so hard not to root for. Yeah. He's a man's man. Pride and joy of Cleveland, Ohio. He's a firefighter, like. You just wanna, you just wanna root for him, but Ngannou has that story too. I know he was saying on the Joe Rogan podcast he was arrested like eight times, dropped in a desert, forced to work in like a sand mine or some crap mm-hmm. like that. Like he's been through it, and I'd like to see him uh, hold gold. So he is my pick to win the fight by knockout in the second Ooh. round. Which, from a betting standpoint, this is the first time I've seen this in a long time. Uh, by knockout for Nganu is more negative than just Nganu winning. Um, but also, if you pick Nganu by decision, it is plus 1,400. And he's the favorite. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. They said the only way he's winning this fight, pretty much Vegas says, is by knockout. So I think that's an interesting betting standpoint. Yeah, I I agree too. He, I don't think he has the tank that he Stipe does, does. This is the one thing I'll compare this to though is like Stipe fought him early in his career when he was ahead of him in terms of skill, right? And it's like when Floyd fought Canelo. Canelo's one loss on his record. You fight him early so you don't have to deal with him again at the back end of their career. This is why I love the UFC. And Gan was able to build a portfolio good enough that Stipe was still at the top, and now Stipe has to see him again when he's in a different level in his career. I love that, right? So you can't just hold that feather and be like, oh yeah, I already beat Nganu. No, now you have to fight Nganu again when he's had his skills up a little bit. He's talked to a sports psychologist. He's not so worried about getting taken down. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this fight goes. I'm rooting for Nganu as well. Um, he's an electric fighter. I feel like he's a fun heavyweight to watch, and him with the belt would be 
to fight somebody because you know as the champ you don't have to pursue as much to have to hunt and ganu to win that just seems like a scary thing to have at the top of that division right to hunt the guy who takes heads off and i think it sets up for a nice john jones versus Nganu fight in the future which i don't think it, john jones has been hit by anybody who could hit like Nganu. so that would be a fun fight to watch as well that would be a, a pretty big super fight but i'm riding with Nganu as well and he's negative odds i think he's negative 155 the last time i checked yeah so just to recap there i got o'malley woodley and Nganu, O'Malley, you have Vincent, O'Malley, Luke and Nganu. Yeah. Uh, anything, any closing comments you want to add? Wrap this up. It's been a very long podcast. Yeah, this might be the today. longest one we've had so far. Um, to wrap it up, uh, a lot to talk yeah, about, man. I'm gonna I'm try to do my best to tune into at least the O'Malley fights onward on this card. Um, I know we're not really going to go into much breakdown about the fight night last week. But I feel like we will have an episode where we try to break down a little bit of the sports psychology of that probably going forward because there was some interesting things that happened in the main card, especially at that fight. And I'm just trying to like do more analysis, listen to more interviews and see where those fighters headspaces was at specifically Kevin Holland, who's I still have him as one of my favorite fighters, but he did let me down quite a bit last week. Um, and then we have a lot to talk about <laughs> trade movement and the NBA is probably coming up in one of these future episodes. Yes. Um, next, next episode yeah. for sure. We'll, we'll break down these three fights that we talked about. We'll go into the NBA, uh, trade deadline. What teams are looking like after that? A lot of things, a lot of things um, going into the um, NBA playoffs is going to be big as well. Um, we're going to have these pro day. How much stock do we put into the measurements at these pro days for NFL prospects because I feel like we're getting a lot faster times than we usually get at the combine, which I don't think that's a mistake. You know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. If you watch how they time a lot of these guys, it's not the same as the combine draft. So it, there's a lot to go into, but just to close it out, um, we'll probably be back to you in a couple of days with, again, the UFC breakdown of this card and just more news. There's news fluttering in, as you saw, mid-podcast, mid Sanoon to the Niners. Is that what you were looking for? Probably not, but, you know, another, a good a veteran, veteran guy, guy to hold that locker room up. But, yeah, forever. Who, who's ever tuning in at the moment, thank you. Um, future, you'll go back and see that we're, we're on top of it, man. Until the next episode, come back and see us. Peace.